church Sunday evening service. It is great to see each and every one of you here this evening. Uh, I'm still reflecting on the service that we had this morning about behold the bridegroom coming. I preached that message, but not like that. And sometimes that makes me feel about like that, but I know I can't compare to everybody else. But it's always good to hear it preached in a different way. But I do know that we do have to be ready. We do have to have our lamps full whenever he gets ready to come back to receive us. We have a, a few announcements. Obviously, we have the Davises with us, and it has been a blessing this morning, and I know that we're going to be blessed tonight to hear from them. The strawberry fundraiser is underway. They still need almond bark donations. Please leave it in the kitchen over here. And today is the mission pledge due. So if you have a mission pledge out, uh, we can take it up in just a little bit. Our events for this month of February, February the 11th, is Tupelo Love Offering. The strawberry orders are due, and it is also, also Youth Sunday. The 14th is Valentine's Day. That is strawberry delivery and pickup. The 22nd is Ladies United Fellowship, and the 28th is Mission Pledge Due. If you want to stand tonight, let's just open up in a, in a word of prayer before we enter into worship. God, we're thankful for this opportunity to come here tonight to worship you, Lord. It's all about you tonight, God. Lord, I pray that you would remove all flesh. You would remove all fleshly desires tonight, God. Let us open our hearts and our minds and let us be one with you tonight, God. I pray for an anointing upon the word tonight, God. Just move inside of this service, God. I pray that you would break down spiritual walls tonight, Lord. Raise us up in a mighty way tonight. In Jesus' name.
can be seated for a moment. You know, your presence makes a difference in somebody's life. Being filled with the Holy Ghost makes a difference in somebody's life that's not filled. Being apostolic is going to make a difference out there in that world. The Bible says ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And we have a power inside of us that we can chase demons away that we don't even see happening around us. There was a few weeks ago, I've told this story to a few, but I was over at Telford and one of the chapel clerks was walking through the restroom area and uh, he noticed that a confrontation was going on back there and uh, Carlos he's been baptized in Jesus name he's filled with the Holy Ghost but as he was walking through this the, the shower area he noticed that a man had another man picked up on the wall had him choking and he had an object in his hand and he was fisting to strike him and he turned around and he seen Carlos walking and he turned back around then he turned back around and he let the man down. And so it was just a few days later that Carlos had run across the man. He knew him and he said, hey man, I ain't trying to get in your business, but what was happening that day? And he said, well, he owed me some money. And he said, and I was fisting to kill him, Carlos. He said, but I turned around and I saw you. He said, and I didn't know if it was real, so that's why I turned around and I looked again. And so he said, I let him down. And this man was up for parole in like four, four months, I believe is what Carlos was telling me. So just the presence of us when we were out there in the grocery store, where we're on our jobs or wherever we're at, when somebody's going through something, they can feel a presence and a desire. They can see your light shining among you to where we can change lives out there because this is a dark world out there. We do have a, a few prayer requests tonight. Uh, we need to lift up Anna Emerson. She is a fourth grader at Bailey North Lamar. She's been diagnosed with leukemia. Sister Joanne Fryer is very sick. We need to pray for R.C. Clark. Bethany's stepdad, uh, he's in ICU. Rhonda Schaller, Tobias Gonzalez, Mitchell DeBose, Olivia Harrington, Della Joyce, Randall Clark, we need to continue to pray for Brother Proctor and Sister Proctor. We need to continue to pray for all the names that are up here on our marquee overhead. We need to pray for the nation of Israel and for our upcoming elections. We can make a difference. God can make a difference. So if you want to stand tonight, if you have a need in your body, we have ministers here that will pray with you, will anoint you with oil. Because like I said, I do believe in the power of prayer. I'm glad I know a God that reaches his hand down and he touches a church when people have a relationship with him and he reaches down and he heals body. He, he meets our needs tonight. Father, we're thankful for this opportunity tonight, God, to be able to bring these names before your throne tonight, God. I plead the blood of Jesus over them, God, that you would give Oh, 
get ready to come to receive our offering. God loves a cheerful giver. And sometimes it ain't just monetary things that we're able to give him. I love to be able to praise my God. I love to be able to enter into that spirit realm to where I can worship him in spirit and in truth no matter where I'm at. I can get into his presence and just feel the presence of the Lord tonight. Father, we're thankful for this time tonight to give to you, Lord.
again this evening. It is my honor and my privilege to welcome Brother Brad Davis, Pastor Brad Davis from Life Point Church in Dayseta, Texas. I hope I say that right. But it is good to have the Davises in church, and I hope you come hungry. I never go to a, a buffet when I'm full. I always go hungry. And I don't ever want to come to church full. I want to come here to eat, but you on something. So, Brother Davis, come and take your liberty tonight. We love you, Lord. Amen. Let's love the Lord together. We love you. God, you're worthy of it all tonight. Come on, let's give him really high praise just for about 30 seconds. Nobody deserves our praise like Jesus does. I love you, Jesus. You've been so good to me. You've been so kind to me. You've been so gracious to me, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You know, there's power in the spoken word. The Bible says that life and death, they dwell in your tongue. What you say, typically what people say they are is what they become. If you speak it enough over your life, that's what's typically going to happen. And I was thinking this evening while um, in praying before service that it'd be good for us tonight, maybe for about 10 seconds, to take a time and pray, Lord, Help me, God, to tear down every wall in my spirit, every distraction. I know tomorrow's coming. I know work's upcoming. But, Lord, for the next 45 minutes, just help us, God, to tear down every wall in my mind and my spirit. Can we do that together, Lord? Jesus, help me. Do it personal. Lord, help me tonight to, to remove every distraction, anything that would maybe hinder me, anything that would maybe stop what it is that you're wanting to deposit into my spirit, Lord. I want you to download whatever it is you have for me tonight, Lord. Help me, God, to remove it all. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's seal that with a praise. How about that? <laughs> we love you, God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I never take it lightly. Amen. To preach the word of the Lord. Amen. Especially to God's people. Amen. God loves his people and you are his people. And I am delighted again uh, to stand before you. I, I never take it lightly uh, when Pastor Meyer asked me to uh, stand in his pulpit and to deliver the word of the Lord. And I give again high honor to your Pastor Meyer and Sister Meyer and their family. And uh, again, this great praise team. Brother Jones, love and appreciate you. Amen, amen. I got scared this morning when he said that. I said, oh, God, what did I tell him 14 years ago? God, I, I pray to God I heard from the Lord. If not, I get me in trouble. <laughs> amen. And I uh, love and appreciate him. And um, amen. God is good. Amen. Turn to someone tell him he's been good to me. Amen, 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 amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're turning to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, going to read verses 1 through 12. And uh, I'll be reading from the New King James tonight. And um, it's a powerful story of a man who faced incredible difficulty. And uh, we'll read these first 12 verses together and prayerfully God to help us tonight. Scripture says that there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. 
Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. And his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus, the Bible says, Job, he did this regularly. Now there was a day, verse 6, when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? He said, Lord, you've, you've blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land but just stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face and the Lord gave a rather surprising answer to me behold all that he has is in your power only do not lay a hand on his person so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. I want to preach tonight with the help of the Lord. I can only do it with him. I want to talk to us on simply the secret to Job's survival. The secret to Job's survival. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for this wonderful church who's come twice on a Sunday, Lord, to hear your word, to be blessed by your presence. Thank you for this great body of believers. I ask you in the name of Jesus to help us, God, to effectively, God, rightly divide the word of truth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said amen. Amen. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord before you're seated. Amen. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. Amen. God bless you in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. Man, the secret to Job's survival. This true story of a man we know as Job is one of the most tragic yet beautiful stories in the entire Bible. It entails the story of a man as who we know as Job. He was known by the devil for his devout relationship with God and he's known to man not only by his relationship with God but also by his wealth. 
The Bible tells us that he was the wealthiest man in all the East. God had richly blessed Job as we read in our scriptures today. He had thousands of sheep, camels, hundreds of cattle, donkeys, and most importantly, the Bible says that he had a very large family of seven sons and three daughters. He was truly, as we would say, living the blessed life. But little did Job know, and little did Job understand that there was a conversation that was being held about him between God and Satan in heaven. Little did Job know that his world as he knew it was fixing to be upended in one solitary day. Little did this man Job know that he would go from the highest of highs into the lowest of lows in just a few short hours. Job does not know that he has been hand-picked by God to go through a trial that to the casual, non-spiritual eye makes zero sense. But this man Job was handpicked by God to be exposed to the enemy's relentless attacks. He does not know that he has been the subject of conversation. He does not know that the enemy has been studying his life. The devil had undoubtedly looked for a weak link to try to get in and wreak havoc in Job's life. But up until this point, he has had no success because as he told God, I cannot touch this man because you have a hedge of protection around him. You have him in a place where it is impossible for me to reach him. And God does the most interesting thing, in my opinion. He tells the devil, okay, I'm going to allow you to touch his life. I'm going to allow you to wreak havoc in his home. The only thing is you cannot touch his or take his life. And this is where we find Job in our story today. He is a man of consistency. If you read through the scripture, you'll see that he was a man who offered burnt offerings. He would offer to God, as we read, for his kids on days of feasting just in case they had maybe sinned before the Lord. And this day is no different. He knows his kids are feasting. He is expecting the same as yesterday, Brother Jones, when all of a sudden he is confronted with trouble. A messenger, the Bible says, he shows up and he gives him the horrible news that an enemy in that territory had come and he had raided his livestock and they had taken 500 of the donkeys and the cattle and to make matters worse, every servant who had been watching the livestock is killed and he was the only servant that escaped to tell Job the news. The Bible says that while he was still speaking, there came another and said the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And the Bible don't stop. It continues and says while he was still speaking, 
Another also came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands and raided the camels and took away, yes, and they even killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, the Bible gives us that death blow, if you will, to Job. Another also came and said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind from across the wilderness came and struck the four corners of that house. And it fell, he said, on the young people. And they they are dead and I alone have escaped to tell you. You talk about stunned. You talk about a man who is confused. Job in this interval of a few hours, his entire world has been turned upside down. He is blinded by grief and the Bible lets us know that by telling us what he did yet also showing us how devoted to God Job actually was. The scripture would tell us in verse 20 then Job after he got all of this devastating news then the Bible says Job arose. He tore his robe. He shaved his head and he fell to the ground and the Bible says there there he worshiped. Job then speaks and we hear the first words ever recorded by this man Job. It's in a moment of sorrow. It's in a moment of intense and immense grief and sadness and Job spilled the words out of his heart. Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22 he said in all of this Job did not sin nor did he charge God foolishly. In one single day Job is hit by every man, every woman's worst nightmare. All wealth, everything worked for is gone. And worst of all, all of their children have been totally wiped out at one time. And yet he remains. And yet he stands up to the test and refuses to bow and to blame God for his great, nearly unbearable trouble. And little known to Job after this first attack. Satan is back in the courts of heaven speaking to God again and the Lord asks for the Lawrence, the devil where have you been? And the devil said I've been going to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on and the Lord asked the devil again have you considered my servant Job? It's worth stopping and mentioning that the first time he asked the question, the first time he asked the enemy, have you considered my servant Job? When he asked that and he turned the devil loose, Job lost his wealth and he lost his children. Yet he asked again, have you considered my servant Job? And I find it amazing that now God begins to brag on Job. And now God begins to rub it in the devil's face by saying there is none like him on the earth. He's blameless. 
He's an upright man. He's one who fears God. He shuns evil and he still holds fast, the Lord said, to his integrity. Although, he said, devil, you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. And the devil responds, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But if you'll just stretch out your hand now, if you'll touch his bone and his flesh, he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord again does the most surprising thing. Behold, he is in your hand. Just don't take his life. Now you have to understand that Job is living the best he can at that moment. Life is in shambles. He's trying to survive to the best of his ability. He is heartbroken. And he awakes one morning. And when he steps out of his bed, he, when his foot hits the floor, he feels this unbearable, immense pain from the bottom of his feet. He falls to the floor, and when he hits the floor, he experiences excruciating pain all over his body. And little does Job know again that the adversary has come in, and the Bible tells us what he did. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord, and he struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head and we find Job in the Bible sitting in ashes the Bible says scraping the boils off his body with broken pieces of pottery his closest companion who is also as you can imagine overtaken by grief and brokenness and confusion his wife comes out she's had all she can take and she says the word Job why don't you do your a favor and just curse God and die. And Job responds, you speak foolishly, he says, should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So again, in all this, Job did nothing wrong. You talk about troubling times. You talk about chaos and confusion, Brother Bolton. The initial grief and shock of losing his kids and losing his wealth and the initial realization of these boils that seemingly came out of nowhere. It's starts to work on Job's mind and to make matters worse his friends show up and instead of offering support they have the audacity to ask what sin have you fallen into in order for God to cause you to be or to be so angry with you and now we find Job, just stay with me a few minutes. We find Job in chapter 3. We start to see the humanity side of Job. He's withstood all he can stand. He's tried his best to be a man who's devout, one that loves God, one that leads his family. But we see in chapter 3 that this trial is beginning to weigh heavy on Job's mind. For the Bible tells us in Job chapter 3, 
23 that Job spoke and he cursed the day of his birth. And if you read that chapter 3 for 20 plus verses, Job expresses deep anguish and regret, wishing that the day of his birth had never happened. He curses the day of his conception. He yearns for darkness to shroud over him. Job laments his existence, questioning why he wasn't born dead or laid in a grave like a stillborn child. He contemplates the peace that death brings the wicked and the weary. Job questions why people experiencing misery and bitterness are given life. He expresses a longing for death that remains or seems to remain elusive chapter after chapter. Job goes on this journey of trying to make sense of it all and he's simply caught in the sovereign trap of God and he doesn't know it. He has every right by the world's standards to throw up his hands and say, I tried, but I can't go any farther. He has every reason to take the exit ramp and give up on God because he's not showed up to rescue him out of his trouble. Job can't see anything. The storm has blinded him and the storm only seems to be getting worse and worse. But it's in Job chapter 23 that we get the tip that we're all looking for. It's in Job 23 that we start to understand how it is that Job survived the storm of his life. For it's in Job 23 that Job says something. I've read it over and over all my life. No doubt you've read it over and over all of your life. All of your life. If you've read the Bible, Job makes a statement that we've all in this room heard no doubt over and over. I've preached this story many, many times from these same exact verses. And yet this one time, as God does sometimes, I was reading Job 23. And it was like it just stood off the page. It was like God just illuminated in a new light what's really going on in Job's life and how it was that Job is able to survive this storm. And if you're not careful, you'll miss it. But prayerfully, you'll catch it tonight, this revelation of Job's words for your own life. We'll start in Job 23 verse 8. They sung about it tonight. I didn't know they were going to sing that song. In Job 23 8, Job made the comment, Behold, I go forward. But he's not there. I go backwards. But I cannot perceive him. And here for the first time. We see the secret come to life on page. Job made a statement in verse 9 of Job 23. He said on the left hand. Where he does work. But I cannot behold him. That's a timeout right there. Don't miss it. You got to grasp this today in Jesus' name. Job said, I looked to my left where he does work. He did not say where he used to work. Even though his circumstances are screaming at him saying, don't you know he's not here anymore? 
Don't you know he's not working anymore over there, Job? Don't you know that he used to come through, but he's not working in your life anymore? No, Job knew that God was still working even though he couldn't see. And I just want to preach tonight on a very simple thought and tell you that the secret to Job surviving the storm is simply whatever you do, do not let your perception of what's going on around you make you think that God has somehow stopped working on your behalf. Job said, I look to my left where he does work. He said, I know I can't see him over there, but just because... Because I can't see him, that does not mean he stopped working. Job said, I know he's still working even though I can't see him. And that's why the next verse says, but he knows the way that I take. And when he's tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. I'm going to tell somebody today, do not let your trouble cause you to buy into the lie that God has stopped working. Do not let your surroundings cause you to throw your hands up in the air and walk away. But learn the secret to Job's survival that it may not be like I want it in January 28th. It may not be how I thought it would be even though I can't see him working. But one thing I've learned when I can't see him, He's still on my side when I can't feel him. He's still working. That is the secret to Job's survival. I pray to God, God would baptize everybody in this house with the understanding God is on your side. God is working for you. You know what? God keeps you when you can't keep yourself. God takes care of you when you don't even know it. You see, we got a tendency. I won't believe it unless I... God don't work that way. There's been a many a times that God kept your life, literal life, that you didn't even know about it. There's been a many a times, had you not turned in that store, you'd have died just a few miles down the road. I'm talking about God working when you can't see him. It was two weeks ago. This ain't about me, but I'm going to tell you, God don't do this all the time. But he sold me something supernaturally. It was two weeks ago. I walked in the church to pray. When I walked in the church for the Lawrence, I felt a heaviness come over me. And when I felt it, I knew someone right. I began to pray. I cursed every devil in Dayzetta. I cursed every spirit I could curse. I pled the blood of Jesus. I asked the Lord to keep his hand on me, keep my family. I rebuked death. I tried to do everything I could think of, but it wouldn't live. 7.30 that morning, a pastor friend of mine who pastors over in the Vider, Texas area, I text and I said, how about we do lunch today? He said, yeah, it'd be great. So I'm at the church praying before I go over there. And I sit in the recliner where I like to pray at the church. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me two words. It simply said, do not go or don't go. And I, I'm flesh. And I said, now God, I cannot call him. And I said, oh, the Lord said, tell you. I can't go with you today. I'm going to look real dumb if I do that. I said, now God, if this is really you, let him call me and just tell me he can't come. 
30 minutes later, I'm walking around the church praying. The phone rings. He never has done this in the entire time we've been together hanging out. He said, Brad, I'm so sorry, but something's come up, and I just can't go today. Now, I don't know. Hear me. I don't know what God kept me from. All I know is the Holy Ghost said, don't do it. And thanks be to God, he had enough mercy on me. He let me fleece him, so to speak, and let somebody else tell me, I can't come to let me know I'm trying to talk to you. All I'm trying to tell somebody is this. You may not see it right now, but the Holy Ghost is keeping you. God's got his hand on you. God's with you. And hear me tonight. I'm telling you again, your trouble is not the end. The valley, God have mercy. The valley is not where it stops. God doesn't stop working just because you've been hit upside the head with some type of trial you read your Bible he does his best work in the midnight hour he does his best work when it seems like everything's falling apart why? because God specializes in doing the impossible God specializes in working when you can't see somebody praise God for his keeping power that he's still working Job said I can't see him but I know for a fact that he's still working. And I love it when he's done with me. Everyone said when he's done with me. We always pray the kind of prayers. Isn't it funny? Lord, use me. Be careful when you start praying stuff like that. He may really use you to prove a point. He may really use you to get to where he needs to take you to. But if you will yield, as we said this morning, if you'll yield to the potter's hand, hear me, somebody in the Holy Ghost. God is not doing this to punish you like you think he is. He's not out to hurt you. He's not trying to kill you, but he's trying to mold you and he's trying to make you into a worthy vessel. He's trying to tell you, I know you can't see me. I know you've questioned and wondered, God, what is the reason for all? God, I feel the Holy Ghost talking up in this house I know you feel like God you left me five years ago ten years ago and I feel like I'll never get back what I used to have you hear this young 30 almost 8 year old preacher God is not done with you he's still working he's still on your side he's got a plan for your life he has a plan for your family the secret to survival is just no he's still working still working when he's done, everyone said when he's done, I'm going to come out of this. Say it to yourself. I'm going to come out of this. I mean, anybody ever besides me ever talk to yourself? My five of you out there. The rest of you don't want to admit it. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've had to tell myself, I had to preach to myself, it's you going to be all right. You're going to come out of this. You're going to make it through this, Brad. What was I doing? I was doing what the Bible says. I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. I'm doing what he wrote about when he said there's just some days I have to think myself happy. There's just some days when everything around me says quit, give up, stop, turn around. But something says, hang on, Bubba. I know you think he's done. I know you think there's a period. But in all honesty, it's just a common. He's got you in the palm of his hand. And he's working, he's working, even though you can't see him. So I may look stupid, but if I have to, I'll stand in my mirror and I'll tell myself, you're going to get through this somehow. Why? Because the blood of Jesus told me I can overcome the devil. How? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony. Sometimes you've got to talk to yourself and say, you're coming out of this some way, somehow.
Come on, clap your hands to him right now. Hallelujah. Job said, even when I don't know where I'm going, he knows. Now, Job, hear this. Job had prophetic insight into God's ways. When he wrote, he knows the way that I take. Because hundreds of years later, there'd be a psalmist named David. And he'd also write, the steps of a good man or a good woman, they are ordered by the Lord. That psalmist David would also write and say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How can you say it, David? For he is with me. I can't see him. I can't perceive him. But he is with me. His rod, his staff, they do comfort me. Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the very ends of the world. The Lord said, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, neither be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee. Get that in your spirit. He will not fail thee. He will not forsake you. Paul said, and this is for every devil in Lamar County that's tried bringing you down. Paul said, being confident of this very thing. He who hath begun a good work in you, he's going to complete it. He's going to finish it. Why? Because he works. When you think he stopped working, he's on your side. When it seems like all's against you, he is a very present help. In time of trouble, that is the secret to survive in the storm. He knew he was still working, even though every sign pointed in the opposite direction. Job knew that God was still moving, even though it seemed like he had abandoned him. And I'm telling this wonderful, sweet believers today, God has not stopped working in your life. I do not care what you feel. You have to learn the secret to, to Job's survival. He is still working. He is still moving. And he will bring me out in due season. The thing I don't like about God. Now beat his hair out. Is that God does not owe me an explanation as to how long the season is going to last. God does not have to tell me if it's going to be 13 years, Joseph, before you experience the dream. He does not have to tell a Job that he'll lose everything before he gets everything back. He just says one word. Can you trust me in the middle of it? Can you hold to my, as the old song said, to my unchanging hand? Can you know that I'm walking with you in the middle of the valley? I told us at the beginning of the story that Job is one of the most tragic, yet one of the most beautiful stories in the entire Bible. And I want to tell someone here tonight, I've not come to minimize your loss. I've not come to minimize what you've 
experience. I've not come to make light of the struggle you've been going through or you're currently in at this very moment. But I've come, I believe, with the Holy Ghost word in the name of Jesus to speak through your darkness and tell you this is not how it ends. Depression does not get to be the winner. All these struggles in your past, all the heartaches in your past, that's not how it ends. God will bring healing. God will bring freedom again. God will bring joy again. Hear me somebody tonight. God will bring peace again. The secret to Job's survival is just knowing he's still working. How do I know? It's very simple. Job got back everything he lost and he got it back double. It's a simple revelation, but Job held on. Never will forget, I've said it probably in this pulpit before, but one of the greatest sayings I believe ever spoken from because the Times pulpit, Brother Merle Ewan spoke the words years ago. He said, when life gets so hard and you don't know what else to do, he said, just tie a knot in the end of the rope and you just hold on. You just keep on standing. You just keep on saying, God, it's not what I expected. It's not what I wanted. It's not what I thought it would be. I thought for sure by now my kids be back. I thought for sure by now this trouble be turned around. I thought for sure by now my valley would be a mountaintop. And it seems like my valley just got deeper. I thought for sure this would be where I'd come out of this. I've had services. I have personally, when I was battling so much depression years ago, I've had services where it felt like God would never come through it felt like God would never see me out I told you last September when the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said why don't you stop complaining and why don't you start praising I'm telling you right now sometimes in the darkest of nights in the lowest of lows when the valley seems to be eating you alive and becoming your grave you have to make up in your mind I may not be able to jump but if I can just get my hand up and say God I'm still here and most importantly devil you should have killed me when you had the chance because I'm going to lift my voice I'm going to lift my hands I'm going to let everybody in the world know it's not what I want but I know he's still working for me I know he's still on my side why don't we all stand and clap our hands together tonight hallelujah hallelujah Sometimes you'll feel like you're the only person in the world going through that particular struggle. That there's been times, and I run the risk of maybe being too transparent, but I'll do it for the sake for you know I'm human just like you. There was time, 2012, when I, I'm telling you, I was at the lowest of lows. I've told you the story how God set me free of suicidal thoughts. God brought me through that stuff. I never forget, though, on a Friday night, being in a youth service in Bonweir, Texas, the Spirit of God had moved in a very special way. I never forget, Brother Jones, standing in front of the pulpit, screaming in my spirit, Can anybody not discern? What I'm going through right now. Does anybody not feel what I'm feeling right now? Because I feel like my world is caving in. 
You know what's crazy? Is God never explained that to me. God never told me why nobody came and said, the Lord said, tell you, it's going to be okay. But over the months and the years to come, I watched Brother Dickey as God began to send different ones. And God would say, if, you, if, you'll, just, if you'll just hang on, if, if, if you'll just wait in time. I can take you to where I was standing in Abilene, Texas, New Season Church, an all-African-American church. Man, we had church that night. God, it was powerful. Never will forget the great African-American brother was preaching. He finished. And he turned to me and he said something to me. I never wanted to have him stay. He said, son, you're fixing to go through a season of great suffering. But God said he'll bring you through it. Now, when he said that, I thought, man, I, I, I thought I'd fought hell up until that point. But I hadn't fought nothing. But fast forward about four years later. When I couldn't stop the thoughts of suicide in my mind. And I couldn't stop the spirit of heaviness and depression on my soul. Then I realized, God, if you don't do something, I'm finna be in a bind around here. And oh God. And what I love is so powerful. Is that God, he, he never, never one time in my life, brother, has he ever came to me and scolded me. Said, I can't believe you'd think that way. I can't believe you'd have those thoughts. But in love. He'd take my hand and say, I'm going to deposit something in you tonight. I may not fix it all, but I'm going to deposit something in you. I'm going to give you strength for this journey. What you feel like is the end. I'm telling you, what you feel like is the end. It's just a comma. And God is going to bring everything to fruition. That's been 12 years ago. And I've watched. And I've still at times fought the remnants of it. But I've watched in 12 years as God has begun to heal and God has begun to deliver. And God has taught me through all of this. Son, your, your, your greatest asset is praise and to never stop believing I'm working. Never stop believing I'm on the move. Never stop believing I'm in control. Because if you start yielding to what you're feeling, you'll bury yourself beneath the load that God never meant you to be buried beneath. That's why, hear me, oh God, hear me, Lazarus. You were only buried for a resurrection. You thought it was the end. You thought you was going to die. You did die. But I'm coming on the fourth day. And I may seem late to you, but I'm right on time in my timetable. And when I call you out of this thing, there will be a revival because of your deliverance. Hear me, so I'm telling you right now in the name of Jesus when you get through this struggle when you get out of this Job's story has helped millions of people why? because he didn't give up I said it this morning do not curse sister Job don't get mad at her she went through a major mental breakdown but because Job withstood and Job said I know he's still working there was a day when God restored back to her he never got remarried the Bible said he had 10 more kids. That means Sister Job had kids again. That means that God took care of her too. Hear me tonight, somebody. God can heal the mental scars. God can heal the mind. He can heal the emotions. You've just got to know he's still working. Let's lift our hands together tonight. God, I pray, Holy Ghost. I pray for this great church. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice who may be enduring a struggle who may be enduring a difficult season. 
I pray in the name of Jesus uh, you would give them God what they need uh, to endure the struggle you would let them know tonight uh, that this valley is not the end Um, you would let them know tonight God that you are working even though they can't see it Um, you are in control tonight God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Scripture says, be not weary. I said it this morning. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Sharon McKee sung the song, I held on till the storm was over. I just held on. God, I feel the Holy Ghost I just kept on standing. I just kept on believing. I just kept on knowing that sooner or later, Brother Kelso, he's going to come back for me. You know what, God? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, you read it. The Bible says, you want to know where God lives at? The Bible says that God dwells in the thick darkness. What it says? That means you can't get too dark for God. That means there, there ain't no trial that you can get so low that God isn't already there. What did David say? Even if I wanted to quit, if I make my bed in hell, he's there. If I decide tomorrow, I'm going to take the wings of an eagle, Sister Todd. When I get there, he's going to already be there. That's why Elijah is facing the trial of his life. He's sitting in a cave and he's whining and he's complaining like I do lots of the time. What ain't fair? What ain't right? And God doesn't scold Elijah. He knows what he's going through. He knows he's facing major depression. He's facing suicidal thoughts because he wanted to die under the tree and he knew he couldn't take his own life. So he asked God to do it for him. The Bible says he goes to a dark cave. He's sitting there, upset, mad. 24 hours ago, he just saw the greatest victory in his life. I mean, fire fell. They killed all the false prophets of Baal. I mean, Jezebel's mad, so mad, she sends him a letter. So help me God, she said, if I don't do to you this time tomorrow, if I don't kill you, And Elijah, in a moment of panic, takes off hoofing it across the desert. And he gets to that cave, and here here comes, not the scolding voice, Brother Newberry, but the gentle voice. What doest thou here, Elijah? God, don't you know I'm by myself? You stop working. Here it is. Don't you know I'm the only one going through this? That's what the devil does. When I'm telling that, that Friday night by myself, when I, and I just feel to keep lingering here, so just give me one minute here. When I felt so much devils and suicide and mental health problems, whatever you want to say, I'm telling you right now, my, my, my greatest enemy was I never confessed it to anybody else. I never opened myself saying, I need God to set my mind free because I'm in a tailspin right now. I just bottled it all up. Bible said, confess your false one to another. Now be careful who you talk to because people are crazy. They put it on Facebook. Man, make, make somebody somebody you love, you can trust. Amen. But I'm telling you, I got, I got that mindset. And man, 
I, I, couldn't, I couldn't say anything about it. I couldn't talk about it. People, how you doing? I just put on that good old fake smile. But inside it was a deep heart, a deep hole. Tell them the truth. I'd preach, try to preach happy, but I wasn't happy. I was angry. I wanted to fight people. I wanted some crazy stuff, man. I mean, I was going down the tubes. Why? Because I felt like I was the only one going through it. I felt like there ain't been nobody in this world ever faced what I faced. Tell them the truth. And Elijah's in that same, I ain't Elijah, but he's in that same mindset. I'm all by myself. Notice what God does. He asks the question, what are you doing? Lord, I'm the only one. The Bible says there came fire, wind, earthquakes. What's the Bible say? But God was not in any of it. And then the Bible says the famous saying, and then came the still small voice. What doest thou hear, Elijah? And when he heard it, the Bible says, he drew his mantle over his head and he went, hear this, he went at, and he stood at the entrance of the cave. And God said, all right, now that you made a move, now that you stopped sitting in the pity of what's not fair, what ain't right, now that you admit it, all right, I know I'm not by myself. Let me just get to the mouth of this thing. I love it. God didn't wait for Elijah to step out of the cave. He just got him to the edge of it, and he spoke again. I'm not done with you. There's a widow lady down the road. She has to be fed. There's a king named Jehaziel. He's not been anointed yet. And there's a young prophet right now plowing the field named Elisha. You'll be anointing him shortly. But I thought it was over. I thought it was the I know you did. God, hear me today. I know you thought it was over. But if you'll just step out, Elijah, if I can get you to the edge of the cave, I'll speak to you again and tell you, I've been working the whole time you thought I was taking off. I've been moving the whole time you thought I abandoned you. And I'm going to put an, oh God, I'm going to put an anointing on you that you ain't had up until this point. Why? Because Elijah is fixing to go anoint a heathen king named Jehaziel. I'm going to use you to do things you never thought was possible. I'm going to use you to go places you never dreamed you'd go. Never forget, if you watch this tonight, Brother DeBarge, forgive me. Sonny DeBarge in our church, he's 70, how old is he? He's 74. He's 72, 73 years old. He doesn't mind me saying this because we've talked this through together. He was hurt 35, 40 years ago as a pastor of a church in a small town close to where I'm at. He literally gave up on the ministry. And he walked away for nearly... 40 years. In the last three years, something's changed in Sunday to Barge. Something's happened. God, it's nothing, not me, but God has somehow allowed me to come beside him and say, Sonny, I'm telling you, the Lord's not done with you. I know you feel like it's over. I know you think it's over. And I watched this man. I've seen it. He's told me just a while back. He said, Brother Davis, if you'd have told me a year ago some of the things you've told me recently, I'd have said, you're crazy and ain't no way I'm doing that. He said, but something's happened to me. I'm going to tell you what it is. He stepped to the mouth of the cave. 
In the last year, I've seen him restored back. He's now an ordained minister of the United Pentecostal Church. I don't think you have to be licensed. I'm just saying for him, he's now licensed again with the UPCI. He's preaching more than he's ever preached. He taught for us this morning. He's doing more than he's ever done. And I've told him a while back, I said, Sonny, I'm telling you, God's going to do more in the latter of your life than he ever did in the former. And I'm not saying that to put pin badges on me. I just know that God doesn't look at age and say, yeah, you're 70, you're 80. I can't do that. If that's the case, you better throw your Bible away because Moses was 80 before he got his call and God said hey Moses you've been 40 years wandering out here you've been 40 years wondering am I still working I've been working the whole time I'm not done with you Moses I know you're 80 but I can do more with you in 5 years than I did in 40 years of ministry I close with this it matters not if it's ministry if it's just life that's through you in a tailspin if it's family if it's job trouble, it don't matter what it is. You have to know in the face of all of the adversity, the enemy's job, what does he like to do? He loves to isolate you. That's why, and I ain't pastor, but you hear me. I think pastors found me saying this. That's why it's important you come to the house of God. Because if you isolate yourself away from the body, if you're not careful, you'll start to die spiritually. And we need one another. That song we sung years ago wasn't just something we sung. You're my brother, you're my sister. That's a real song and it really means something for us. And then God is saying, I, I'm still working on your behalf, Brother Lawrence. I know it feels like, man, I don't know where he's at, but I'm, I'm still moving. I, I'm, I'm still operating. And in the house of God, that's where I get strength. That's where I get fed. That's where I get hope again. That's where I get power again. So on Monday, when I wake up and he says, you're going to die in this. I got it in my Bible. I read it every day. Just let the devil know. He said in Psalm 117, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Isaiah 54 said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. He said, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. He said, don't you ever forget, Bubba, I've been working for you. When you were in the bed asleep and the blinds were drawn and depression was raking your soul over the coals, I was still working in the darkness. I was still working in the loneliness. I was still working in the heartbreak. I was still working through all the shadows of your life. I knew you got glimpses of light, but you have to know it was me that allowed you to get glimpses of light but I'm fixing to take you to God help me I'm fixing to take you to a place that is above you and beyond you if you can just trust me a little longer I think it'd be good tonight if we close this way I understand not everyone here is facing a trial and that's just normal but I also know that there are people in this house it doesn't take a prophet to know this it's just it's facts crowd this size. There are people in this house who are fighting things at times that seem insurmountable. There are people in this room who are fighting deep valleys right now. What's amazing to me, I've been amazed at times at the people I never thought was fighting stuff. They were the ones going through the pits of hell. Like me, they just put on a good front. They just put on a good show. But tonight I wonder if you'd be honest with yourself. I'll invite the whole church. I'd never single anybody out. I'd never embarrass you. But I, I just wonder tonight if you'd be honest with yourself. Say, God, I, 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 I'm that. <laughs> it's me. I, I, I've been fighting this. I, I've been wondering, are you, are you going to do something here? 
Are you going to move on my behalf? I'm going to tell you tonight in Jesus' name. When you said that, he's not mad at you. He's not here to scold you. But he wants you to know, I'm still working. I'm still moving. And this ain't where it ends. It ain't where it ends, Brother Dickie. I'm telling you, God have mercy. The valley is going to, it's going to I'm telling you, it's going to go up again. There's going to be a mountaintop. Why don't we all together tonight? I don't want to do this. I don't want to make you feel singled out. Why don't we all come together? And I just ask you to pray tonight if it's you. Lord, help me to stand in the face of adversity. Help me to stand. Don't, don't feel bad if you felt like quitting. Don't feel bad if you felt like running the opposite direction. We've all had those thoughts. We've all gone through things like that. But the Lord wants you to know if you'll just hang on, if you'll just hold on, I'm moving on your behalf. I'm going to give you a breakthrough. I'm going to give you deliverance in your mind. I'm going to give you deliverance in your family, deliverance in your soul, deliverance in your spirit. Just hang on to me. Just hold on to me. I said, perish united. God, help me tonight. Help me, Holy Ghost, to trust you. Help me, Holy Ghost, to trust you when I can't see you. Help me, God. Help me, God, to trust you when I can't feel you, God. I know you're still working. Somebody get that in your heart tonight. Even when I don't see it, your work. I won't believe again. Even when I, I don't trust feel you again. It, your work. Come on, somebody, trust God. Stop.
appropriate. Just find someone to link hands with tonight. If it's family, great. If it's man to man, woman to woman, it's fine. Let's just pray together before we leave tonight for God to give us strength, for God to help us in trials and struggles. Again, you never know who you're linked up with tonight. Let's pray together. God, in the name of Jesus, come on, pray for one another right now. Pray for one another right now, God. Help us, Lord, to survive the struggle. Help us, God, to survive the storm. In the name of Jesus, I plead your blood. I plead your blood. Let's see it, Holy Ghost, right now. Holy Ghost, right now. Come on, somebody, pray in the Holy Ghost before we leave tonight. Come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus, that's the secret to Job's survival. He's still working. He's still moving. He's still operating. 